thirst trapping and man shaming in this segment. What's up, Brave Arts community? This is Sean Heineman here with another segment of A Scary to Remarry, wanting you to love fearlessly. Today, I have a special guest. I heard her on the Mental Dialogue podcast and she killed it. Shout out to Montoya Smith. I've also had uh, Chase and Yancey on here. Like I'm stealing all this past guests because the episodes be that good. So I had to follow her on social media because when she said her name, I was like, okay, let me find her because I got to stay in touch. <laughs> and we're making this happen today. So I actually have her as a guest. She's a liberator of love. She's a cold craftswoman. She's she has a master's in motherhood. She's the co-host of the podcast, Your Spiritual Girlfriend with Latoya K. I love the way they talk about grown folk topics. It's amazing. One of the best podcasts I've heard in a while. Bravehearts community, let's show some love to Autumn Sonata. How are you doing, Autumn? I am well. I am well. Thank you for having me, Sean. Yes, not a problem, not a problem. I don't want to waste any of your time. I want to jump into this because I know we're going to have a lot to discuss in this session. Let's get into (laughs) it. I got a lot to say. So yeah, let's go. For sure. What was Little Autumn like growing up? Oh, Little Autumn was very, very reserved. I grew up as a military brat, so moved around quite a bit. um, And in that, I did not have much time to settle into friendships in that way. So I kept to myself quite uh, quite a bit and, um, you know, spent a lot of time with just being me. Um, I was very shy, really, really shy. I was not the, the kid or the little girl who wanted to wear dresses. I did not. I did not wear my first pair of heels until I got into my senior year in high school. Um, I did not wear my first dress to school until my senior year in high school. (laughs) I was a straight tomboy, um, very observant, very reserved, and um, just a deep deep thinker. I always thought outside of the box. So I did not see things in black and white. Everything had an option and alternative. And I was never the one to go through the wide gate. I always liked to peek around and go through the narrow gate. I was a bit of a rebel, to say the least. Um, so if anybody asked or wanted me to do a thing or forced me or had an idea about me doing or being a certain way, I totally rebelled against it. So that's why I didn't play basketball. That's why I didn't model. Um, I went into tech early on, um, tinkering around with computers because, again, I, I kept to myself. And um, that's what like nurtured my love for for tech. It was just trying to figure out the intricacies of uh, software and hardware and making everything work. So um, that's all. That is also what nurtured my love for music. I spent more time with music than I did with people. So um, yeah, that's a little bit about little awkward autumn. <laughs> so I'm assuming people wanted you to play basketball and they wanted you to model. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, mm. absolutely. Mm. I said absolutely not. <laughs> Cause I see on your you on your uh, your Facebook, I see you in the gym, like you getting it in. I'm like, Autumn, don't play. Yeah, I love staying in shape. I love being active. I'm a very active person. Um, I like being outside. I like connecting with people now. Um, 
I grew out of, well, backing up. I think the reason why I was so reserved and, um, and, you know, to myself back then is because I did not know how to be myself. I did not have permission to be authentically myself. And I knew that I was a bit different in how I showed up to the world and my thought processes and how I viewed uh, circumstances. Um, but I did not know how to make that acceptable to everybody else. So there was a fear factor with connecting with people and fear of being rejected or humiliated. Um, but as I grew, and it was through marriage that I grew, um, that I decided that bump them people, I'm going to be who I want to be. And I'll show up how I want to show up, blue hair and all. And you can decide if you like it or not, but either way, it's not my problem. So yeah, through that, I started, I, I fell in love with people. Now I love connecting with people. I love being out and just enjoying um, others, you know, spaces and things like that. Um, but at the same time, I am still very much a loner when it comes to recharging and just, um, I enjoy myself. So yeah, still some of that there. Mm-hmm. So where did your... Uh... Where does where did you like your independence? Because you, I know you are, you know, and I hate to say a strong woman, but for you to be able to stand on your own, like where did that resist at, at a at a younger age? Like where did you get that resilience from? Um, from if I could give credit to one any one um thing, mm-hmm. it would probably be because uh, I grew up as a military brat. Mm-hmm. And often my parents weren't home. I'm the oldest of three and the other, my two siblings are boys. And oftentimes it was left up to me to cook dinner or mm-hmm. to make sure they got their work done or whatever the case may be. So I always had a leadership type position um, in my family, um, in the industry that I'm in. There's not many black women there. So the tech industry is one that you have to either show up or ship off. Um, and in my uh, role as a mother, um, I have four boys and one girl. So a lot of growing through that experience, I, I exercise a lot of masculine energy uh, raising four boys. And I'm not doing it alone by, by any uh, stretch of the imagination. I do have a, a wonderful co-parenting um, relationship with their fathers. But um, doing that in the house with four boys and having to switch in and out of feminine and masculine uh, simultaneously at a moment's notice, depending on who I'm dealing with at the time, um, Mm -hmm. it has permitted me the privilege of learning how to love myself and spending time alone. Uh, Mommy time is my me time. And often with a mother's schedule, you can't call somebody up and say, hey, I wanna hang out right now because it it happens at a moment's notice. You get the time when you can find it. And so you really learn how to sit with yourself. And that can sometimes be hard. Sometimes that can be hurtful, sitting with yourself and having to deal with some of the stuff that you were able to hide when you're out in the public or masking it with um, dining out or being at parties or just connecting with someone else. When you have that me time, sometimes that's healing time. Mm. And so all those experiences shaped who I am and shaped my ability to love myself more. So I'm definitely grateful for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, You've been through a divorce and how did you get through that? And what is one piece of advice you would give to someone who is going through a divorce? Get therapy. (laughs) That, listen, 
That is my number one piece of advice to anybody going through um, any type of grievance, whether it be through a loss of a loved one, a loss of a relationship, um, you know, like divorce or a breakup, anything of that sort, because if it hurts, that is where you dig in. Wherever the pain is, is, is focused on, that is where you dig in, because that's where the healing has to be. And I think that oftentimes when we are in the midst of a struggle, like a divorce or a loss or any type of grief, we can't see what we need. We only know what we want. And um, we need somebody or something to help us identify the root cause of that pain. Oftentimes it's not even the person. So going through a divorce, I had the privilege to go through therapy. Um, there were sessions with just me and the therapist and there were sessions with my you know, then husband. And actually the funny thing about it is that us going through that therapy led me to file the papers. So in therapy, you know, naturally he assumed that we were getting better, that this will bring us closer and this will resolve our issues. In therapy is where I found out who I was and why I got into the marriage and what I needed and what I wanted. So the exit started, you know, that door started to open as I progressed through therapy and learned about those things. So yeah, my number one advice is definitely get therapy, figure out who you are, and that way you can heal. Yeah, because uh, therapy is, I think it's something that has really helped transform me in my personal life. And even mm -hmm. with me, when because I remarried, and mm -hmm. there was a lot of stuff I had to learn about myself. Yes. You know, just in that process. And sometimes it can be messy and stuff that you had to deal with. And you just like, I didn't even know that was there. Right, right, right. Yeah, a lot of stuff comes up mm -hmm. when you have someone else looking from the outside in because yeah. all they see is it's what's obvious. And when we don't um when we don't take the time to sit with ourselves, all we see is what we want mm -hmm. and what in our perspective is totally you know clouded. So um someone else coming in with a fresh view is definitely refreshing. So mm -hmm. yes, for sure. What made you come up with the topic man shaming for your podcast and give me your definition of man shaming? Oh gosh. So the title actually, um, my co-host Latoya K, shout out to Latoya, your spiritual girlfriend podcast. Shout out to Latoya. <laughs> she came up with the title. Um, after listening to the episode, I touched on man shaming in the episode and talked about it quite a bit. And, um, I guess she figured that would be a, an amazing title. So yeah, she came up with the title actually. Mm, that's what's so up. my definition. Yeah, give me your definition. Oh, I don't know if I really have a concrete definition, mm. but in my mind, man shaming is um, shaming a man for being who he is, mm. um, acting in his natural um way of, of of being or doing things mm -hmm. um on the episode and there are so many different uh avenues to this but on the episode i was speaking specifically to um how some women shame men for just being their natural selves like we we kind of parade ourselves we love attention women do we love attention and man shaming to me in one sense is when you talk badly or dismiss a man for giving you the attention that you that you're seeking mm. and for me that speaks to the women the woman's um 
behavior or lack of uh, moral compass or what have you. Mm-hmm. If you put it out there and you dangle the meat and an animal bites or, or grabs for it, where's the shame in that? Mm. So there's a lot, I see a lot of that on social media. Yeah. And it almost it almost says to me that the woman is um is an attention seeker, which we all, you know, like attention, but mm-hmm. it's almost for credit or clout. So you want to be able to, you know, require or request that attention in whatever way, but you want the the privilege to deny it or mm-hmm. reject it. And mm-hmm. that's that's an insecurity or a flaw, if you ask me, when it comes to um that mindset. So mm-hmm. yeah. Man shaming, um, like I said, there's so many different different ways that men are shamed. And I advocate highly or heavily for men because I see it every day. And I'm raising four boys. And just thinking about some of the behaviors and, and um, reactions that they get for just being themselves, it's almost disheartening to know that my boys, they'll face that at some point. Innocently showing attraction towards a woman um, or showing emotion will at some point um, be rejected and and someone will try to convince them that that's a weakness. Mm. Um, so I think man shaming is just something that is rooted in insecurity. And, and actually um, it speaks more to the person doing the shaming than it does about the person being shamed. So when I see it, I, I shake my head. If I know the person, I correct them, but yeah. For the most part, we got a lot of work to do when it comes to understanding one another. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. See, and that's the thing, because I like what you said. Like, this is just this natural reaction that men give, mm-hmm. right? Uh, just straight up, you know, and some guys are a little more, uh, I won't say strategic, but more of, uh, I don't know, classier. I don't know how to, you know, <laughs> their approach, <laughs> You know, some guys, they they just slide in a DM and send, you know, nudes or whatever and all this other stuff. But it's like, <clears throat> it's okay for you to turn that person away and not like so much of putting them on blast on social media, right? Yeah, yeah. Because I, I see that a lot. With people, oh, yeah. look what I got in my DM or all this other stuff. Right, right. I've done it before. <laughs> I had a, a, a thing where I called donkey of the day. It originated from Charlemagne the God, uh, the breakfast club. And there was, and it lasted for like two weeks, mm-hmm. but I was in this space where like, I'm sick of this. Yeah. Y'all sending me pictures in my DM. I ain't asked for that. You know, someone put you on blast right here in front of everybody. Totally inappropriate. Totally inappropriate. And it's not to say that I should have been grateful for that attention, but I did not have to, I did not have to expose them. It's as simple as ignoring it, block, delete, whatever, to whatever extent that, you know, that response was, it's just as simple to ignore it because you're going to get that. You can't filter out the type of people who will respond to you when you put out something in the public, you put your, your face, your picture, your, whatever you put out there in the public is open for everybody to criticize and respond to. And we need to understand that. We can't sift uh, through the whole, you know, the whole population of, of Facebook and ask that only this class of man or this, you know, sexual sexual identity of person respond to us because there's women who are out there who like you and there are men are, you know, out there who like you. So you can't filter out those responses mm-hmm. and understanding that will lead us to 
better um, handle those situations. Because again, it doesn't speak to the person who's doing it per se. They're doing what they know and what has worked for them. It speaks to you and how you handle the situation. So yeah, yeah I had to check myself and realize that, okay, now we're not doing that. We're not shaming people for doing what they know how to do and what they want to do. So, wow. Yeah. That's, that's grown. That's just grown woman talk right there. Sometimes. Because I was going to say, I was going to say, because I find this topic very interesting and I'm glad that we can have this open dialogue because mm-hmm. I feel like when men and women, when we converse, we're always at each other's neck. Mm-hmm. opposed to what can we do together to kind of make this more of a, uh, a, a harmonious thing where we can really mm-hmm. work together and, and filter through the, the BS. Mm-hmm. And hopefully we can meet that man or woman one day without all the games or without all the uh, picking and choosing, you know, the, the way you want things because somebody can send you something. I think you talked about this on the podcast where you said that, women pick and choose like there can be three or four guys in your dm send you the same thing but you get to pick and choose maybe if this guy's more attractive or something like that or i like him so i'll pick him Mm -hmm. out of the other three guys because this is kind of what i like right yeah um and And i'm just paraphrasing yeah, but attraction is different for everybody. Um, mm-hmm. On another show that I was on, the, the fellas mentioned something called the Idris Elba effect, where if he looks a certain way, um, his behaviors are become acceptable versus um, someone who doesn't um, come off as attractive to you, their behavior being offensive. Um, and to a certain extent, that's true when you're moving in a space with expectations. So on the dating scene, if you're out there objectifying men for relationship or marriage or money or whatever the case may be to provide for you, then you're only going to give attention to those and give favor to those who look like they can do that for you, as opposed to the men who don't physically, you know, uh, appeal to you. you. You won't see past their appearance to what they're actually offering or willing to do or want to do. Um, and the same goes on social media when we interact with people. We tend to look at their physical and whatever's attractive to you, of course, and give permission or give them a pass on certain behaviors. So you can put a a picture on social media on Facebook and you get two, you know, beautifuls or whatever compliments from guys who are not as attractive to you. And you're like, okay, yeah, thanks. But you get that one like from a guy that you're really attracted to and you're all out the water. Mm -hmm. Like you don't lost your mind. Like he's the one. No, he's just, he just liked your picture. Mm -hmm. That's it. So we tend to over fantasize and again, objectify men um, based on what we want and um, not the reality of things. So my, my thing now is go into dating or any other connection with no expectations, go into it showing up as your full self. And there was one quote that I read somewhere where it said, um, be yourself so that the ones who are looking for you can find you. Yes. That's it. That's, that's the, that's the giddy. That's the the trick. Be yourself. And then those who are in alignment with you Mm -hmm. will show up. You don't have to put all that work and that effort into trying to look a certain way or do a certain thing or be, you know, a certain, uh, fit into a certain box. Mm -hmm. But if you show up as yourself, no matter how, how acceptable that is to society, the ones that are meant for you will show up. 
I love that. I, I put out mm-hmm. on Twitter the other day. I think it was yesterday. I said, um, I don't make six figures. I don't mm-hmm. look like Michael B. Jordan. And I'm not six foot three. <laughs> but I still landed the baddest chick in the game. I know that's right. <laughs> I know that's right. And, and that's, that's it. And, and that's because I showed up as my true authentic self. I, I, when I met my wife, I told her, I told her these were some areas that I struggled in. This is the reason why we went through divorce. I, you know, I played my part mm-hmm. and, you know, mm-hmm. she played her as well, but I let her know up front, like, these are some things I'm trying to work through and am currently working through. And one mm-hmm. reason she said that she really fell in love with me was because I owned my part yes. and where I went wrong. Yes accountability is major so, and it's a false word yeah yeah is it people are ashamed for that as well um but <laughs> accountability shaming <laughs> yeah see is that a thing it is now <laughs> <laughs> people do it and, yeah. I, and i was telling my daughter this um the other this morning actually Mm-hmm. I asked her, I said, what are three things that you love about yourself? What are three personality traits that you love about yourself? So we, um, I explained to her what a personality trait is. And she said, I am kind. She mm-hmm. said, I am goofy. And she said, I, um, I am giving. And she's 10. So I was, I was, I was amazed at her because she is all those things times 10. Like she is extreme of those things. Yeah, And she shows up in this world exactly how she wants to. There are no filters. There are no, you know, apologies for how she is. She is a very loving and open person. She is very giving. And she, she is the silliest little girl. Yeah. And she doesn't apologize for that. And so I said, as long as you know who you are, people will try to change you. And I say, you have to be careful and cognizant of who you let around you. There are people who are meant to be your patient, who you're there to help. And there are people who are meant to be your partner, who are there to assist and guide you in your life. Um, I said, be careful, though, because there will be people who will try to connect with you and get close to you so they can dim your light because they don't believe that you're this authentic. I said, just be careful of that. And um, she's very much the type of girl like I am who, if she's told she's wrong and she knows she's wrong, she'll own up to it. Okay, I was wrong. I apologize. You know, so I was explaining to her um, as well is that, you know, people will try to tell you that you're wrong just so they can be right. So it's important for you to know who you are so that you won't get trapped like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <sighs> and, and how old is she? She's 10. She's 10. Those are some powerful tools. Yeah, that's my baby. Yeah, all, of, all my kids are like that. We, yeah, we have interesting talks. <laughs> well, that's what's up. That's good because they they take these tools into adulthood, and mm-hmm. they will avoid so so many traps from people. Yeah, yeah. you know, because people that's will try to throw their own junk on you. You know. Yes. Yeah, and everybody has their stuff that they came yeah. up with through childhood. So I want to make sure that there is that my kids are prepared and that their baggage is as light as possible um going into this journey so erica badu said pack light Mm, listen (laughs) that woman there 
she was in town uh, a week ago or so DJing yeah. and she had a concert and I just yeah. I just wanted to be in the space of that level of wisdom I couldn't make it but I was just like you know what that chick right there she is like my my <laughs> my spirit guy she's she's an ancestor living right here on earth so <laughs> I tell you I love me some Eric if I do that's for real that's for real why do in your mind why do men keep falling for thirst traps from women knowing that there is a high probability that they will be shamed just in your opinion in my opinion yeah it's for the immediate reward Mm. i think this is just my opinion yes um and i and i I equate some of that to how my boys respond to consequence and to doing things. If I tell my my oldest son, well, not my oldest, my second oldest, clean up your room or I'm going to take this game. And he knows I'm about to leave and go somewhere. He has a couple of hours or whatever to himself. He's going to play the game first because that offers immediate reward and totally forget about the consequence of not doing what I asked him to do. Um, I think for some men, they, they're very carnal in their approach to women. Mm. And so that immediate reward is getting the response from her, whether it be a like, a heart, or a thank you. It's the getting the response. Not thinking about later, she's probably going to shame you for, you know, reacting to, to what she put out there. Mm-hmm. And so um, one of the co-hosts of the other show I was on told me that most men only need something to work one time one time before they repeat it many times and they'll look for that one yes every single time until they get it again um Mm. so i think that a lot of times with um men falling for that trap it's 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 a a knee-jerk response to them getting what they wanted or expected from that one time so they're Mm. just chasing that favor over and over again that automatic stimulation they just want Mm -hmm. it to just yeah don't even think about what's coming later right (laughs) <laughs> just eating not thinking that you got to drink you got to hydrate you know, yeah right consuming this stuff yeah so uh, yeah i when i talk to guys i try to talk to them about that that whole instant gratification thing and we all you know we all i, I get it I, I especially with the younger guys because look mm-hmm. i'm in my 40s i done been around the block before so <laughs> <laughs> you can't set me up for the okie doke that easy right. i don't care how fine you are right yeah Um, and i'm not trying to sacrifice anything i got at home for what's on instagram it ain't exactly the traps are out there for men and women yeah it's sad but i think you have to go through some things you have to you know experience some of those rejections and some of those uh consequences in order to learn your lesson and know how to move Mm -hmm. in this in this atmosphere because it's a different time now it's a different time it is. Yeah. When we were growing up, I mean, we had to deal with, and, and I guess I'm telling my age, but we had to deal with rejection. We walked up yeah. to a girl and I mean, we shaking, we scared, we nervous, mm-hmm. you know, it's either yes or no. Yeah. You well, know. the same thing with women. Now there's so many insecurities hidden behind these filters that we don't, we don't have to show up as our authentic self. And a part of that is creativity. I know women um, who use filters and who use different things. Um, because that's part of their creative expression mm-hmm. but showing up as their real selves they have no problem with posting a picture without makeup or wherever um but a lot of women and, and girls in this generation they don't have that that courage 
Like if you walked up to a woman, you know, somewhere out in the public, you saw me as I was. Yep. You probably saw me at a, as a, at a most awkward moment, not expecting attention, probably, you know, in whatever. And you had, you found me attractive enough to, you know, to, to uh, approach me and you didn't have a chance to go run home and get dolled up and, and try to make this first impression. It is what it is. And that person was seeing you for who you are. So that courage coming into this atmosphere, it's like, okay, I get to mix a little of that, you know, creativity with this raw courage and this is who you get. So when I had a, I had a couple of guys in this group on Facebook that I'm in, mm-hmm. I posted my picture unedited mm-hmm. and the guy responded and said, y'all going to learn one day. And I said, well, what do you mean by that? So another guy immediately responded. like, no, she's real. I looked at her page. She's real. And I was like, my God, y'all really think this is a fake page. Like you think that, and a part of me was offended and another part of me was flattered. Yeah. Like I look that good. You think I'm not real. Okay. Yeah. So they asked me to record a live to prove that I am a real person. And I did it. I was like, you know what? This is interesting to me. So I did it. And um, before I did it, it was like, if she does this, talking to me as if I'm not involved in a direct threat, (laughs) if she does this, I'm going to cash up her $20 for lunch. I'm just sitting here watching them go back and forth with one another about how fake a lot of these pages are. And how, you know, they're in disbelief that I could be a real person or that my page was actually mine. So I recorded the live. It was real short. I'm in my glasses, hair in a bun, doing work. And um, they came back and said, she's real. Like, it was like, it was unbelievable. I, I couldn't make this shit up. So <laughs> they were so excited. And I was sitting back like, where's my $20? I know, right? Run me my lunch money, because this is unbelievable to me. It didn't go down. $20 never came. Oh. <laughs> I was just really just taken aback that, wow, this is how these dating streets and this, this, this uh, social media world really has people thinking. So yeah, it was, it was a, it was interesting. Definitely interesting. Yeah. Cause you have a lot of, a lot of guys who's, who might be socially awkward. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just that much easier to slide in a DM than to actually see somebody at your job or um, mm-hmm. you know th- there's a guy I worked with and he he tried to talk to this girl but he was so scared so oh. he worked with her but he approached her through social media oh wow that's how wow. crazy it is he sent her a friend request um he he you know in passing I guess he just kind of talked to her but he's wanted to connect with her on social media just so he can talk to her through the dm and i'm thinking you halfway there you already asked for her her social media handle you halfway there oh my gosh i uh, i feel like in the dating scene um the face-to-face is so important so i have to experience your actual spirit and your body language and your tone and your, you know, how you respond to certain questions. Social media is just the, the backdrop. That's just for content. That's just how you decide that you want to show up to the world behind a computer. That's mm-hmm. your, that's who you want to be. Social media is who you want to be. Who you show up in, you know, as is who you are. So I need to see both of those. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's crazy because I've experienced so many people 
in my DMs, like you could tell they're afraid to say anything more than hello. Mm. And I purposely, I'm a bit of a jerk when it comes to this. I purposely will sit there and just say hello, give you a short return, short reply, and will not engage further and just sit there and wait for you to just to, to man up and say something else. Mm. But on the flip side of that, I understand that a lot of men have been shamed yeah. in, uh, in that approach. So now they wait for the woman to invite them mm-hmm. um, to, to do more. And even then, at some, in some uh, connections, they won't move forward. So there's a lot of fear in being rejected still, even behind computers. So, yeah, it's a tricky thing. Wow. I mean, I know I'm guilty of sliding in the DM, but I I, I took my shot with my wife and I scored. So, yeah, you absolutely uh, did. <laughs> yeah, right. I scored. But that's because she lived in a different state. Oh, wow. Yeah, she lived oh. in a different state. Was that part of the, did you get, did you gain courage from knowing that she wasn't easily accessible? Yes. I think it added, I think it actually helped our relationship because okay. she was so far away from me. Okay. If, if that makes sense. It was one of those things where like, I want her, but I can't have her kind of thing because she's not here in, in my, in the same state. So did that give you like discipline because you could not? Yeah, it made it made it made it almost more of a challenge. Mm, mm, challenge. Yes. Yeah, you know because and me and her we agreed to this to this day that I don't know if our relationship would have worked if we were in the in the same state if I was like just down the street from her or or, or an hour away you know and that's not to discourage anyone because everybody's right. situation is different. Right. But I think it added that much more because it forced me to know her. It wasn't it wasn't a quick physical thing. Okay, good. Okay. Because I didn't get to meet her until almost two months after we initially talked. I didn't nice. meet her physically mm-hmm. until almost two months later. Yeah. So it really forced us to know each other, opposed to us just jumping in the bed and be like, oh, you know, that whole kind of thing. And and no shame to people who do who that who do that. But I'm just saying that's what just works for us. Yeah, yeah. Like you said, I think it it, it differs um based on the person, their personality, their history, mm-hmm. and their their needs and wants. Um for me, I tried the long distance thing um uh, with someone just a state away in Alabama. And it, it was not good for me. <laughs> Couldn't do it. <laughs> I was like, listen, shoot, you however many uh miles away, and mm-hmm. I can't get to you, or you can't get to me and give me a hug. I'm a, a love language has a, a lot to do with it. Okay. I'm a uh, my primary love language is touch. Okay. And um and uh quality time. Mm-hmm. So those things, it can look different for everybody, but with touch being my primary. And it didn't have to be sexual or anything like that, but just a a simple, you know, touch. I'm a big hugger. So long distance was never, that was the first time. And that was the last time. (laughs) Yeah. Those didn't work in your favor with your love languages, right? No, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It was a definite. It's like, I tried God, but you already know who I am. You know my heart. You don't have to be right here in Georgia. Sorry. (laughs) You know my heart, Lord. Right. Uh, does pretty girl privilege stunts a woman maturity because she can fall back on her looks when things don't go her way? Ooh. Wait a minute. Or do you want, you want me to give you an example or are you just kind of pondering? Because I, I do believe pretty girl, privilege, pretty girl privilege is real. It is. It is definitely real. real. Um, 
I think it can stagnate your growth if you're not properly equipped to handle that responsibility or that privilege mm. and, um, and recognize it. It can be hard to recognize that favor it when you're immature. Mm. Um, <laughs> I get privileges just because I'm fair skinned. Mm. I get privileges because I'm tall and that mm. I'm slim. Um, I get privileges because I am an outgoing person. Um, the, the, it's definitely real. I get privileges, of course, because I'm a beautiful woman. Mm-hmm. And I also get privileges because I'm a smart woman. Mm. Um, but I recognize those privileges and I decide then if I want to take advantage of it or not. Mm. I understand that everybody doesn't have that. Um, but for me, like I said, depending on where you are in your journey, how how you, how much you've matured and your ability to recognize those those favors, um, that determines whether it stunts your growth or if it uh, it helps and aid, you know, your growth. Um, mm. If you can't see it, then, then you can't you, you can't. Um, you don't know how to move with it. Yeah. Mm. I think immature girls. They definitely, if they're aware of it, they they definitely use it to their advantage to manipulate others, mm-hmm. you know, and that definitely stagnates their growth spiritually. Yeah. 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 That's, yeah. I'm, and I couldn't wait to ask you that question because I've seen it in action. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I wasn't trying to burst anybody's bubble or anything, but I'm like, look, yeah, there's going to be, you, you're not going to be 21 forever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. one yeah. day you're going to be 35 and playing on your privileges or you in your 40s or you in your 50s like you have to have some form of substance and now and, and I know because I know people gonna probably try to hit me in the DM like not in the DM but in the comment section <laughs> but what about men we're not talking about men today if you want to talk want me to talk about men I got a, a hundred other videos I done talked about men like right. 97% of the people who watch my videos are men. So go watch that video. We're talking about women today. Right. So I just had to say that. Um, so I do think it's real because when you work on yourself, you got that substance to draw from that. Mm-hmm. And it makes you even that much more attractive mm-hmm. because now, you've done the work. Say, mm-hmm. I will say um, pretty girl, pretty girl privilege can be uh, mislabeled as um as that when it is actually our birthright or our um what's the word I'm looking for? Something that is owed to us. Mm. So respect, yeah, boundaries, um, chivalry, um, provision, protection, security, those things a grown woman deserves. So those things that are deserving of us. Versus the things that some guys will label as a privilege or um, what's the word I'm looking for? Or something that we don't deserve or what have you. Yeah. As a woman, and this is, again, as you grow, you you learn to identify those things. No, you don't have to respect me because I want you to. You have to respect me because I deserve that. And I'm grown. And I know what that looks like. you have to respect my boundaries because they're mine. And I've actually demonstrated to you that I respect my own boundaries. 
Mm. And so, you know, a lot of those privileges or a lot of those um, stereotypes that are placed on black women. Yeah. Um, there are people who want to interchange that with privilege and um, obligation. Mm -hmm. if I may say, um, mm -hmm. you have to respect me. Like you have to honor my boundaries and you have to show up as a masculine man um, around me because I am, I am demonstrating those things, the opposite of feminine energy. And I'm demonstra demonstrating respect and honor towards you. Mm -hmm. And some guys may look at that as a, uh, as a, what is the word I'm looking for? As not a responsibility, but um, and not a privilege. Well, I think all women are owed respect. I want to say that. Yeah. That yeah. every woman, and, and beauty is in the eye of the beholder, right? It is. It is. But I feel like when men say that all women deserve respect. It kind of cripples the immature woman that to believe that she doesn't have to give it first. Very true. Awesome point. You know, it it almost <laughs> band-aids the fact that you have to show up in the same way that you want to be, you know, um, uh, given to or received. Mm -hmm. And um, this is why a lot of women are out here just acting entitled. That's my you know, point. Yeah. Obnoxious because someone along the way, most of the time it's a father. Or a broken mother who said, you don't have to do this. You don't have to show up in this way. You deserve it just because you were born a female. Mm -hmm. Not so. You're a human, just like this other person is a human. Everybody deserves respect, but you give, you get what you give. And so um, you have to be very careful about putting those, those uh, entitlements out there because people take it to heart and live through it. Yeah, because there, because when you don't do the necessary work, the maturity and the growth, if everything is just handed to you, mm -hmm. uh, you can carry that with you throughout your life. You know, you could just mm -hmm. do the, the sad puppy dog face and he just gives you whatever you want. And mm -hmm. it doesn't allow you to do uh, the the hard work that it takes for us to grow and mature and to be and, and to and to look outside of ourselves and to think about that other person. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very few, I won't say very few people, but to look outside of yourself takes work to be considerate of someone else and their feelings, especially somebody that you say that you, you love. Yeah. You have yeah. to look outside of yourself and it might be uncomfortable because one thing that I've learned over time is because a lot, a lot of times we try to change people and mm. you can't change people. Like they have to want to change for themselves. And then on mm. top of that, some people want to try to change you just so they can be comfortable oh yeah yeah you know they try to you into their mold because it's comfortable there yeah um a lot of times when we go into relationships with that expectation you know i know i know i've seen all these red flags i know he doesn't really tend to his his children i know he doesn't really uh, show stability in any area of his life but if i get in there then i can influence him to be better i can well influence and change different things we can influence anybody our, our intuition, our influence is strong. And um, I think that's something we have to be aware of when entering any connection. Mm -hmm. But to go on with the expectation that we're going to change, we can't, we can't plant a seed into anybody. We can nurture seeds. We can water those seeds. But that seed has to already be there. Yeah. So we can influence its growth, but we can't plant it. 
And I think a lot of times we go into relationships trying to, fan, we fantasize over the potential of a person as opposed to the reality of that person. So yeah, that's it's something to be said about that. Yeah, I just had um, a lady on, she's the host of Moms and Martinis uh, mm. podcast. And we that was our topic. The topic was, do women feel that they can change men in relationships? That was the mm. whole topic. So Often yeah, times, we just yeah. talked about that. Oftentimes. I know I, uh, I was listening to a, an influencer on a show and she said that a feminine woman should want to be a princess and not a queen. Break that down. No. <laughs> because a princess needs to be provided for. She needs to be made secure. She needs um, protection and all these different provisions from the king. Yes. And and when the princess gets hurt, the king, his auto response is to rescue her or yes. to go see about her. Yes. And and aid her, you know, back up. Never to grow her into a queen, but to keep her as a princess. Now, this I, you know, I just did not agree with. And I think it's very, it's a very dangerous message to send to women who are struggling in that feminine uh journey. Mm-hmm. While a princess, yes is one that a king or a father may jump to, you know, their aid and their rescue, the respect and adoration for a queen is not what you give to a princess. Mm. Like you can, you can help raise a princess. You can be there for them and want to, you know, cuddle them and nurture them and protect them all their lives, but you will never, a king would and should not never have the same level of respect and adoration and um, regard for in in the in the uh, way of partnership and love that he does for a queen. A queen demands respect, and that respect shows up in whether there's a disagreement or a discord. You sit to work it out. A king can look at a princess and say, "It's my way or the highway. I'm in control. I am the authoritative, and I know what's best. And this is what you better do." They can control a princess. Mm. The 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 uh, the attitudes and the fits get old. Because and when a, a king knows he has authority, he knows that he can say no and that'll be it. Yeah. With a queen, mm-hmm. you know that we have to compromise. We have to work through some stuff. And there's a certain level of obligation with the queen to sit down and be honest with yourself. Because you can't rule me. You can work with me. And through that, it makes him a better king. A princess can't make a king a better king. Mm. It's can only take from you and feel entitled and obligated to receive from you. But you can't, a princess can't give you anything. Mm. A queen nurtures you and makes you a better king. So yeah, I don't, I don't agree with that whole notion. But a lot of people will take to that and say, yeah, I want to be a princess. I want to be spoiled. I want you to give me $40 anytime. <laughs> $40. <laughs> <laughs> Dude didn't dude didn't even give you your $20. Yeah, right. <laughs> I just and a princess would have threw a fit. Y'all whack because you didn't do this and you lied and you were clown. The queen's like, I already knew that. I already knew that this is how you viewed women. If you thought women were faking here, what do I expect from you? Mm. This is who you show up as. This is who I know you are. And it's okay. Mm. So yeah. Real, real queen talk. Thank you. <laughs> Do women hold other other women accountable? And if not, why? 
Women, yes. Okay. Women yeah. hold other women accountable. Mm. Um, I hold my friends accountable for bad behavior. I praise them for good behavior. Mm. I am my friend's biggest hype woman. Woman. Yeah. Because I know that we need that. We need words. Mm. We need to be told that we are beautiful. We need to be told that we are killing it. We need to be told that we are intelligent and that we are not less than. And um, I and while they get that from their husbands and, and their boyfriends or what have you, I want to make sure that I show up to tell them the truth mm-hmm. because all of us need that. And even when it comes to bad behavior, you are not doing your friend any justice by lying to them and allowing them to continue in that way. That is only continue, uh, contributing to their detriment and showing them that, you know, once they grow into a queen in that mindset, they'll look back on your behavior and say, you weren't really honest with me. Like you were not really my friend because wow. you didn't hold me accountable for my bad behavior. We know when we're messing up. We know when we're acting out of sorts. And for someone to cheerlead that bad behavior is showing you that they are not really for you. They may be your Caesar and your enemy because they're contributing and pushing you forward towards negativity and in your whole, you know, demise. So women, yes, we hold each other accountable mm-hmm. and we tell each other straightforward, raw, that was messed up. Mm. and um i've lost i've lost a friend i lost somebody as a friend for doing that mm. and for the life of me for a long time i couldn't figure out like why was that so bad yeah like why did it hurt why did it cause the demise of our our friendship by me telling her the truth about bad behavior because i was in connection with a girl mm. a woman would have took that and said okay yeah that that's terrible i need not do that anymore Wow. And that was a realization I had to come up, come up with. Not saying that I'm always right, right, but I know when I'm being honest and earnest in that when the advice that I'm giving is to help you and it's obvious that it's to help you versus one that is not, you know, not well intended. So mm, love that um, answer. Yeah. Like you said, women, other women accountable, women. I'm glad you emphasized that. <laughs> yeah. Major difference. The yeah. princess and the queen. Hmm. Princess would just like to play. Oh, come on now. <laughs> <laughs> I have I have one more question uh before I let you go because this has been an amazing uh just so much wisdom and knowledge in this. I love this. This is why I invited you on the show. <laughs> what can we do to promote more healthy relationships? whether that's through social media or do you think it, do you think healthy relationships get enough exposure or do you feel like we're more drawn to drama and because, you know, that stuff always sells. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, Of course the negativity, um, it overshadows the positivity. It's all in technology with the algorithm. Mm. Everything is self-centered. So the algorithm, algorithm sees, uh, world events or world news or anything that's trending over other platforms mm-hmm. and those trigger words or coding or what have you um, picks up on that on social media is going to keep recycling that type of data, those keywords. Gotcha. Um, so all you'll see is the negativity. Um, the healthy relationships are out there. Mm-hmm. They're just not as loud. So I mm-hmm. appreciate when people are unapologetically, unapologetically, um, like just public about their relationships. We need that. We need yeah. to beat the algorithm, mm. you know, stomp the algorithm with positivity. 
Mm. Um, the way that we can promote that is by doing just that. Yeah. Anything positive. I don't care if it's a good morning post. It's positive. You woke up. It's a real thing. You're here. Promote it. Show somebody else gratitude that you're happy to wake up and maybe you can influence them to be happy to wake up because everybody ain't happy. Mm. And so people need reasons to be positive, unfortunately, but we can help that by giving them those reasons. They may seem minute to us, but um, that can help save somebody's life. Um, other ways that help promote it, sit with yourself. Like be honest and open about your stuff. Then people can, can find the permission to be honest with themselves. A lot of times um, we don't hold ourselves accountable because we don't see other people doing it. So we don't know what that looks like. Mm know what steps to take to to sit with our own mess we don't know how to spend time alone because everybody's so accessible instead of being alone we get on facebook or social media and try to find some instant validation instant gratification as opposed to saying i need something right now and it ain't from other people it's the root cause of of why i'm so voided and and um and unhealthy right now we got to figure out what that is as mm. opposed to masking it with likes and hearts and uh mm. I'm about to go off in a tangent, but yeah. <laughs> we got to get them quick dopamine hits, huh? Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. But what else could, could you do to get those dopamine hits? Maybe you're feeling unhealthy. Maybe you can go exercise to get those hits. Do something that's healthy for your mind and your body because social media ain't it. Come on now. So it's different ways to look at things. And um, it's it's promoting those those shifts in mindsets. Like me and uh, Latoya talk about on the show, we call it the ficky ficky. So we were talking about, <laughs> I remember that. Shows, and I was like, you know how the DJ, when they scratch the record, they pivot the record. That's, that's the ficky ficky. So we have that inside. People are not ficky ficky in their lives. And so uh, <laughs> if we show up and show them how to do that pivot, how to scratch their record, um, they can erase some of that. Well, not erase, but address some of that past trauma and, uh, and move past it and grow from it. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that because um I truly believe, and I said this before, I think one of the reasons I was able to land the the wife that I have is because I was willing to do the messy work. Mm-hmm. I was willing to, to uh, cross that, you know, that do not cross that yellow tape when they have the the, the, mm-hmm. the homicides and you got to, yeah, I was willing to. Was a crime scene. Yeah, right? <laughs> In my own personal life, Lord knows all the crime scenes I didn't had, you know? <laughs> very true you know so um i was willing to do the work and i believe that if i would have continued to blame on others we probably would have just missed each other we would have been two ships passing in the night because i wasn't ready to receive what could have been mine if i not been mature yeah that's good so that's definitely good well this has been amazing this has been amazing autumn i want to be respectful of your time let the Brave Hearts community, let everyone know how they can find you across social media because you have so, and, and the questions you ask on Facebook would be off the chain. Like, they'd be awesome. Like, just like, <laughs> uh, I, just, I wake up and I'm just like, you know what? I want to say this. And I don't know who's going to receive it or how it's going to come across, but I'm going to say it. And some of my grammar be so terrible. It just, and I go back and I correct it, but at the same time, just like post it, get it out somebody's going to receive it if not even that's fine maybe speaking to yourself but post it anyway post it so, anyway yeah. yeah but yeah um, How social media mm-hmm. 
Oh, Lord. Okay, Instagram at I am Autumn Sonata, A U T U M N S O N A T A. On Facebook, my Facebook name is Autumn Sonata. Uh, the podcast is Your Spiritual Girlfriend Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Also on Apple, Spotify, Anchor, and YouTube, Your Spiritual Girlfriend Podcast. You can follow my co-host, Latoya K. She's uh, at Latoya K on, um, on Facebook and Latoya K MS on Instagram. So we out there. Yeah, a shout out to the your podcast. And, uh, and so when is season two dropping? Because now you got me waiting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're working on season two now. Okay. Um, we're going to have uh, some guests on in this season. So we'll be recording some lives. And also, of course, doing the audio only. Yeah, but season two is going to be dope. We're we're working on doing a launch party. That's how big it is. We we've had so much feedback, um, and a lot of reviews hadn't even been posted. So I'm like, you guys are reaching out and telling us all these great things. Put it on the review so we other people can see it. Yes. But when I tell you, I did not expect like the responses that we're getting. I'm just like, wow, people really needed to hear like two girlfriends just really. And this is just how we talk yeah. on a day-to-day basis. So she came up with the idea. She was like, why don't we just record this stuff? Why don't we just record it? And so we we hit record and that's all it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is. I left the review and I just said, it's a grown-ass woman podcast. <laughs> I, that's the only way I could have addressed it. Like, y'all are two grown women talking about real life and i'm like y'all experiences the things that y'all like yeah i love it so thank you thank you so i appreciate that yeah so brave hearts community you heard it here make sure you leave a rating and review make sure you subscribe to the podcast your spiritual girlfriend make sure you connect on all social media platforms that autumn have just told you also make sure that you stop by uh our uh, my podcast as well if you're not watching this you can listen to it as well so make sure that you hit the subscribe button same thing here you already know the process y'all know what's up there are so many ways you can support us podcasters and youtubers everything don't always have to be financial you can leave a review you can leave a rating you can share all these different things let people know how the podcast is impacting you um, because people are out here giving their time and their experiences, a wealth of knowledge that, that, that everyone is giving. So make sure you support those, uh, especially your spiritual girlfriend as well. <laughs> this Thank is Sean so Heineman here at It's Scary to Remarry, wanting you to love fearlessly. Take care, people. <laughs>